All right, this is KumoriCon 2018, and who are we sitting down with now? Hi, everyone. My name is Justin Briner. All right, Justin, you are a voice actor. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the roles that people might recognize you from? Yeah, uh, I started around the, the simuldub era at Funimation, so that's uh, I got my start doing like Seraph of the End, and since then have done uh, Nanbaka, Drifters, uh, Space Patrol Luluko, Cardcaptor Sakura, Ooh. and My Hero Academia. Mm. Right. Uh, I'm going to get into that last one sure. in a second. But oh, you've heard of that? Yeah. I have. Once oh, great. Or twice. <laughs> Card Captor Sakura, yes. what did you do on that? I played um, Yukito and Yue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a childhood favorite of mine. Oh, so good. No, he was, uh, what, Julian started. back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so My Hero Academia, that definitely caught our attention. We're mm-hmm. both watching it, although I'm not caught up, so I don't know what happens. Yeah. I okay. don't know what happens after Hero Killer Stain stuff. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a little binging to do. But He's super behind. <laughs> I'm curious what it is like to be the, the main character on the Zeitgeist anime. I, I mean, it's it's a little insane. Um, That's good. When we first started the the project, everyone, uh, our producers and everything, were telling us that it's probably going to be a pretty big deal. Uh, so you know, we 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 um, put a lot into it, and then uh, it didn't really take off right away. Uh, it started through our like our streaming service, so it wasn't accessible to everyone right away. But then like season two hit. And more people heard wind of it, and now suddenly it's it's this huge explosive anime. Yeah, uh, and it uh, it's just really cool. Like it's it's allowed me uh, opportunities to come out to conventions like this and and talk to like minded folks and see what they like about the show and and share in in that. Uh, so it sort of enriches my understanding of the character. And uh, but there's also sort of a pressure that they want me to know everything about the show. So I try to keep up on on the developments and everything and yeah. just stay on top of it. So, um, what is it that led you into voice acting in the first place? I've always, I've always loved it, whether or not I kind of realized I did or not. Uh, but I grew up doing like stage and musical theater. That was always sort of my passion. My, my parents got me into it when I was very, very young. Um, and I studied it up through high school, did like community and children's theater and all that. I really loved it. Uh, so I knew I wanted to do something like entertainment or performative and, uh, so there was a, a point where I was like, well, okay, where am I going to take this career? Where, where should it, where's like a safe place to hedge my bets? And I thought, uh, well, all these cartoons and these video games that meant so much to me growing up, there's really, really super talented folks behind all that. And I, I'd really like to take what I've learned and try to apply it there. So I started getting into it, started learning a little bit, and then I moved out to Texas to finish up college. And a friend of mine uh, sent my information along to Funimation. I had like a general audition maybe a year or so later, and then they started calling me in for, for parts. Awesome. Yeah. That's a much more whirlwind story. Yeah. <laughs> kind of came Because you said you started in the Simuldub era, which is yes. recent. Yeah, I would say like uh, maybe four years ago now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's you're super recent. Yeah, yes. that's pretty awesome. So you're basically a meteoric star. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, thank you. No, it it's really has uh, escalated, and um, uh, I just I think I hit it at a right time. I yeah. have a, a sort of a voice type that not many other people can match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they were able to fit me into a lot of different places. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So um, well, we're at an anime convention. So mm-hmm. what is it like as a voice actor? Um, not just for My Hero, but in general, your experience going to an anime convention, and what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's it's really wonderful, because it, really the only reason I get to go out to these is because fans want to see me, and they want people to represent the shows that they like. Uh, and it's really cool. You know, My Hero Academia is off, uh, often the, the most popular one that people come to see me for, but there's... 
pretty much any role that I've had throughout the past few years, there is someone who will inevitably come up and say, hey, this your work in this show was really awesome and I, I loved it. Uh, and, I'll, you know, I'm very thankful for that. I, I really like people who, who see all parts of the catalog of my work. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just really great to interact with fans and see what what resonated with them like what shows are are important to them what characters really meant something to them and uh the more i talk to them the more i learn and it's really cool yeah is this your first time coming to this con correct yeah it's my first time in oregon cool Mm -hmm. okay how many have you done in the past year since doing my hero (laughs) (laughs) right i i I haven't tallied the numbers yet uh but this year i must have run in the books right (laughs) i swear i've traveled more this year than i have in like my whole life so i must have gone to maybe 15 conventions as a low ball maybe i've hit 20 by now that's awesome it's it is exploded a full-time voice actor and a full-time right yeah i go i do my my voicing through the week then i I go to the airport on thursday and (laughs) then i come back and do it again that's awesome good lord I know that's uh, – oh, God, I have, like, two different questions in two directions. I think um, <laughs> with uh, – we'll take a break from the process here for a second. Just talk about anime in general. You talk about people telling you, like, oh, this part was really special to me or this anime, I loved it. Are there anime that you really love or parts that you really love, either that you've acted in or not? Sure. I mean, uh, there are definitely – let me preface, I love every part that I get to play. I always, you know, part of my personal process is finding a part of myself in these characters, no matter what. So they're all very dear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely some I could say are maybe especially meaningful. You know, I played Mikaela and Seraph at the end, and that was one of my very first uh, named roles. I was just getting started in the industry, basically, and uh, the director who first saw me uh, come into Funimation for the audition, Jerry Jewell, he, you know, gave me a part and sort of trusted me with this responsibility. And that, you know, that meant a lot to me. So I didn't want to let anyone down there. Um, My Hero Academia obviously has has afforded me the opportunity to get out to events like this, Mm. uh, which is, you know, its own reward. And then, yeah, maybe something like Space Patrol Luluco, I played a Nova in that. That was cool because I am a fan of all the Trigger properties to begin with, but mm-hmm. it was also uh, directed by Chris Bevins, who that was one of the last projects he had at Funimation before moving out to uh, Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, he was also someone who gave me a lot of uh, opportunities starting out and, and really pushed me and challenged me to, uh, to grow. So that's, you know, it's really kind of a nice uh, bookend to, cool. to that part of my career. And Funimation's in Texas, is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. I did um, not know that. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a personal connection from San Francisco days that used to work there. So oh, I wow. had that little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should probably talk to him about being on our show, but whatever. Yeah, for else. <laughs> so Epiphany's while in the middle of a conversation with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're great, but we have this. Oh, no, I understand that. Please. Uh, so um, I think, uh, I mean, I'm definitely most familiar with Deku mm-hmm. and that, you know, two seasons or so of content that I've seen. Yes. Deku's super emotional and sort of a deep character, even, I would say, by anime standards, mm-hmm. um, especially shonen anime standards. Yes. Yeah. So you, with an acting background, what is it like to tackle that um, that part, and what's your process when you're preparing for um, a voice acting gig? It was, I mean, it's, Deku, as you said, is someone who uh, not only wears his emotions on his sleeve, but it's never portrayed as, like, a weakness of his. Yeah. So it, that was really fun to dig into and, and sort of figure out, okay, why why is he dealing with these feelings of inadequacy and feelings of self-worth? Well, it's because people are telling him he cannot do the one thing that he wants to do. And one way or another, growing up as, as like, someone in the creative industry, you do face those challenges. You struggle with your, your self-worth, feelings of inadequacy, and, and 
trying to convince yourself that you really can go out and do it. Uh, so there's, there's, you know, that little connection there. But I always try to, when I'm approaching a character, uh, find a little piece of myself in them, see where I relate to them. And from there, you can usually answer the, uh, the rest of the questions like, okay, what do they want? Where are they going? Where's the story leading them? Um, so I always just try to, uh, I don't try to over research or anything. I just, uh, I, I really trust in my directors to lead me down the path. And then I fall back on my training to, uh, to do like the more technical aspects of it, like matching the, the lip flaps and, uh, and just making sure the timing and everything is all right. Uh, yeah. Otherwise I, I just try to make it as, as real and, and human as possible because, these stories uh, aren't, aren't necessarily like your Western animation, where uh, they're, they're pretty mature and, and they tell, they don't talk down to their audiences. So I just want to make sure that it's it's truthful and that people can relate to these these really powerful characters. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, are are you working? Um, I I never know how this exactly works because I, I I haven't seen a lot of behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially with a large cast show like My Hero. Um, are there a lot of people inside of the booth at the same time, um, or is it kind of like a like a split cut of lots of people working? St- different times yeah it's it's actually all very solitary uh okay. i i only record by myself so it's only you know me the director and and our engineer in the room Whoa. at any given point yeah <laughs> so we you know we take the script chronologically uh sometimes there will be characters that have recorded before me so i get to sort of act off of what they've already uh, laid down mm-hmm. sometimes i'm the first one in so i have to sort of set the tone with the director and make sure that there is a adequate space for the other actors to come in and act with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's all sort of, it's very, it's a very unique process. It's very like, not at all what I grew up doing with theater where, where you had that sort of cast community. Mm-hmm. Um, you were always around them no matter what you could yeah. go backstage and say, Hey, uh, it's, it's different with, with ADR dubbing because you, you, you know, you know, people, you work with people, but sometimes you don't see them. Sometimes you just pass them through the halls and you're like, hi, let's catch up whenever you're free, which is okay. never, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, there there is still that sense of camaraderie. We all really work hard to make the shows the best that we can, and uh, so whenever we get to go to the conventions like these, uh, sometimes it may be my very first opportunity to like chat and meet these people in my cast that I've been working oh, with for three years. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> we caught a little bit of the panel that you guys did. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed to leave to go cover some other stuff. Yeah, uh, like twenty minutes in, but we caught uh-huh. a little bit of that, and um, you guys had a, a pretty decent camaraderie i would yeah. say at least so is it like what they're like co-workers in the office or something but not like people that you're castmates with or something how i mean what's that experience like or how often do you hang out or socialize with each other um i mean we try especially when we're home but our schedules are so erratic usually that it, it can be tough uh, but yeah. when we go out to events like these i like to try to make time to go grab dinner somewhere local and catch up mm-hmm. or something like that even with like bakugo's voice actor yeah so oh, yeah yeah and, and i travel the most with him usually so okay. so that's <laughs> totally <laughs> um, fangirling in the corner <laughs> <laughs> he was like card capture sucker, and then he like clutched yeah. the pearls. <laughs> it was very formative. It was around Digimon and Pokemon times. So. I loved card captures as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a good show. Yeah. A mystic adventure. Yeah, <laughs> I still haven't watched that show. <laughs> it's good. It's the Japanese version, especially, is very slow. So if you like slice of life Japanese children's lives and then some magical action at the end, you'll like it. And if you don't, watch the American version. <laughs> Just gonna let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, what other kind of um, 
like media properties are you super into? Um, I really love video games. I've been playing those since I was a kid, basically. Uh, you know, I had the classic NES growing up, mm-hmm. uh, and I followed that throughout. That's always been very inspiring for me, and I like to keep track of, like, now especially that I have friends in the industry who are in these games, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah. Uh, and uh, I like I like to watch um, television. I, I, I like, you know, Netflix, catching up on that. Uh, I, I think it's really vital as an actor to consume a lot of media just to make mm-hmm. sure... Uh, you're staying fresh and current with the vocabulary and everything. You watch people's performances, and as you learn more, you can sort of be like, oh, I see what they're doing. I, yeah. That's an interesting choice. I don't know if I'd have made that. Yeah. Or, you know, even if you're watching something you don't necessarily like, you can still look at it and say, well, if I were doing that, what would I have done? How would right. I have changed things? And, and where would that have led us? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it got more insane and technical for me when I started doing, like, editing, like, yeah. freelance work. Yes. And I was just like, oh, when you start seeing, like, the, the quick cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And now when I'm watching anime, too, I'm, like, watching the director and the <laughs> angles that they're putting, like, the camera inside of quotation marks yeah. over the characters. It's just like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are, so you see, you've also done a lot of video games, too. And that plays a, a part in your life personally, too. So mm-hmm. would you talk a little bit about that experience and how it differs from, like, voice acting for a television show? Totally, yeah. Um, I mean, especially for, for dubbing work, it's all, everything is done beforehand. You know, you get the visuals, you get the music, and you can sort of feel where, where it swells and everything and follow that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of elements already there that can help you out. Uh, with video games, it's quite different. Uh, and I have, uh, you know, much more limited experience with them. But usually uh, you get sort of a description of your character. You'll have all the lines. Uh, they're out of context. So you sort of have to, it's a lot of, like, guesswork. Mm-hmm. They're out of context. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's like what we heard when we were interviewing before. And they were like, yeah, sometimes you don't know who you're playing yep. because you have a code name. Oh, yeah, like, right. What? <laughs> That's insane. So, yeah, and, and, you know, that that is a struggle. I really do like to have the information because it's helpful, but uh, it's also sort of a freeing experience to just be like, well, I'll just do whatever they say, and if they don't like it, I'm sure they'll ask for it again. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so we'll get the lines, and we'll we'll usually give, like, three or so takes just to keep them different, and and, uh, so they have options when they're compiling everything, Um, and that's that's about it. (laughs) Okay. Um, I kind of back to a question I thought of earlier and then forgot about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so good at this. No. <laughs> He's like so scatterbrained right now. Uh, yeah, we did not sleep a lot last night. So, um, with uh, recording specifically an episode of an anime or like a season or some some period of time in the show's universe and mm-hmm. in the consumptive of it, how does that relate to the amount of time that it takes for you as an actor to to act those scenes? Um, you know, it, it, it varies depending on how easy the voice or difficult the voice uh, sits in my, my uh, wheelhouse. But uh, I would say, let's see, they, they have like a, a mathematic equation basically when they are, are compiling and counting all the lines in a certain episode that, you know, X amount of lines and Y amount of, of reaction noises usually equals Z hours of recording. Okay. Uh, so, so when they get the scripts, they're able to compile that, and it goes to our talent coordinator who says, okay, Justin needs four hours for this episode. Huh. Um, and then there's, you know, people who I've worked with for a long time. 
uh, the the director Colleen and I have sort of a, a joke together that no matter how long I have to record for an episode, we'll be done in two hours. Whether I'm booked for two hours or booked for seven hours, we'll be done in two. Uh, we just have a good work ethic and a just good rapport together. You have that like mental. Oh yeah, yeah. And Scott Summers, like you know what you're thinking. Exactly. We we have a, a link, a connection together, and we both are very familiar with the material, so we're able to be like, okay, so this is what's happening here. Uh, cool, cool, and we go from there. Uh, yeah, and and so usually, you know, I, I have a couple hours for an episode, and I go in and record the whole thing, and that's it. Uh, and then because of the simul dubbing, that just goes week to week. So we'll okay. have okay, you have X hours this week, and plan on having this many hours next week. Uh, and it used to be when we were doing uh, home video releases, and sometimes you still do them, uh, but they're more of a rarity nowadays. Then you could be like, you look at the uh, show as a whole and say, okay. You have this many lines in all 12 episodes, so total, we need you for 20 hours. And we'll say, what windows of time these next couple weeks can you come in? Okay, so you just record the entire show over like a two or three week period. Yes. Okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, and then, like, uh, I don't know if this has changed since you have a a bigger role in a bigger show now, Mm. but how many parts are you playing simultaneously, or how much overlap is there? Uh, it, it, again, it, it sort of varies. Uh, there are, um, seasons where I'm in all kinds of shows and then seasons where uh, I'm in very limited amounts of stuff. Uh, and it's just sort of, you know, up to the, the whims of the directors who are, who get their shows and they, uh, they want to either, you know, expose new talent or, or want to work with people they haven't worked with in a while or, uh, there's, I don't know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but usually, usually I have uh, at least the seasons of My Hero Academia to count on, and sometimes they'll be a little lighter in the workload because I, I guess they don't want to strain my voice too much or stress me out too much. Okay. Um, but then there are, you know, I had seasons, uh, especially maybe like a year or two ago, where I was in, you know, seven or eight shows at once as, as like pretty major characters. So okay. that's, that's also a, a challenge of like, how do I <laughs> yeah. keep my energy and, and make sure that each of these characters has their own sort of uh, feeling and energy? And it, so... I don't know. <laughs> Keeping a lot of balls in the exactly. air. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I really trust my directors for that. Yeah. I say, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever have to be like, can you play back what I did last time so I know what voice I'm using? That's pretty common, actually. Yeah, I, I would say most directors save a reference from the first episode or so just okay. to be like, all right, so you're back this week, here's how you sounded last week, and go. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, like, I all I'm imagining now is just, like, the, the Rick and Morty behind stage and, like, him doing those two characters at the exact same time. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is wrong? What is going through his head? He's just, it's just yeah, yeah. for real. He's doing, like, 80 characters. <laughs> and then he's doing that episode where he's literally the Rick just and Morty improv, world yeah. and just doing Rick and Morty yeah, God, the yeah. entire time. God, that's just great. Okay, so, uh... <laughs> I uh, do, you, how many other, do you have any other burning questions since we're almost out of time? Yeah, we're, we're almost out. Um, I, I don't really have any burning questions. Cool. Um, I, I would definitely say, though, that um, it's, it's, it's really cool to, to meet somebody who's, who's really young and upcoming inside of the, the process. You. Yeah. Um, That's so, kind yeah. of a congratulations moment. Oh, this feels weird. I don't like it. <laughs> It's like singing happy birthday. To <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I do appreciate that. It's it's really, you know, it's uh, my career has come such a long way in such a short amount of time. So I, But I'm so grateful for it. I really love the work I get to do. It's always such a joy to go into the studio to record. And I, I, I like I said, I always knew I wanted to do something where I get to perform and entertain mm-hmm. folks. So this ended up being such a, a really great fit for me. And I, I'm just very thankful for that. 
Awesome. Yeah. Such yeah. a good note to end on. So <laughs> for people that are listening, if they want to follow you on social media or follow your work, what's the best way to do that? Totally. Uh, I'm most active on Twitter. And uh, this is a tough one. So hear me out. I'm at Justin Briner. Okay. <laughs> uh, really difficult. Yeah. If you have any trouble with that, just go to IMDb and look exactly. at My Hero Academia. It's not going to be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool. This was great. Justin, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Thanks. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform.